Are you ready to be in the spotlight? Are you ready to share your story with the world? Well, Snails with No Shells is where you need to be. Available on all digital platforms, Facebook, and YouTube. Snails with No Shells. Leave that shell at the door. Where did we go wrong? ones. I am Ms. BJ Martin, and this is Snails with No Shells. Leave that shell at the door. That's my only rule that I have in this room. It's okay to just to be you for a little while. All right. All right. Now let's get started. I would like to bring my next guest. She's so amazing. I've been excited about this conversation is what I call it. I don't like to call it interviews because we're not trying to get jobs. <laughs> but I've been so excited to have this conversation with this beautiful lady. Let's bring her to the stage. Eddie, Eddie. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I need some sound effects. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me on Snails and No Shields. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right. So I'm going to read a little bit of your bio. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Miss Addie Anderson. And remember, this is the month of May. This is Mental Health Month. This is a very important month to me, as you all know, or some of you may not know, that I am a mental health advocate. Um, so it's exciting for me to have therapists on here that can actually, um, you know, give you guys some really good uh, nuggets. I, sh I usually share, you know, what I've experienced and things that I've done to, um, you know, kind of deal with my mental health. So I, I, I love this to see um, different therapists and especially uh, melanated therapists that are out here changing lives, you know, one at a time. So Thank you so much, uh, Miss Addie, for coming on here. All right, I've said enough. It's not about me. It's about you. <laughs> Let's get into it. All right. Addie W. Anderson, M-A-L-C-P-C, is a licensed therapist and certified grief recovery specialist. Ten years ago, she founded Begin Within 
Counseling and Coaching Services, Inc., which is a group psychotherapy practice in Oak Park, Illinois, that serves, I love this, adolescents, couples, and adults. Addie is a grief therapist and specializes in helping people manage difficult emotions as the results of a loss. And she is a member of the Association for Death Education and Counseling, as well as the American Counseling Association. And she's a, she's the type of therapist that she's outside of the box. She doesn't have a cookie cutter a solution for any just one person. Everybody has their own um, plan. So thank you again. Thank you again for joining me. All thank right. First, first question. <laughs> Where were you born and raised? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I was born and raised in Noonan, Georgia. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Noonan, I'm not sure if you're aware, is about 35, 40 miles, if that much, south of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I lived there, you know, my early years, I left there, went to college, uh, stayed in Atlanta for a little while, and then eventually ended up here in Illinois. Okay. Yeah. At Noonan, that's 85. Yep. Eighty-five South. Yeah. 85 South. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, uh, there's a show that comes on called Eighty-five South, but that's Noonan is actually Eighty-five South. So, and that's in a that's in a country. I say that's in a country. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I used to look at it like that in some ways, but now it's it's certainly not the same place that it was when I grew up there. You know, it was a rather small. Uh, I guess some would say rural if you compare it to, let's just say, like a bigger city like Atlanta. But uh, it 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 could literally now seem to be more or less like a suburb of Atlanta with the growth, mm, you know, yeah. that has happened. And I guess you know people in the area have moved in in all directions around the city. And so, and it it seems like at some point south, moving south around Peachtree City, and mm -hmm. then. Uh, Noonan and down in those areas, you know, have happened as well. So it's a it's a very nice, I think it's a very nice city, you know, to grow up in actually, and even now to even have a family there if for people that still live there. Okay, okay. And so, Eddie, what did you want to be when you grew up? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, I think for a lot of times I didn't give that a whole lot of thought, right? But at one point in time, I did think about. Uh, wanting to be a nurse. And my high school, which was Noonan High School, uh, in I guess maybe somewhere in the mid-70s, decided to add a vocational piece along with the school. Mm -hmm. And so one of the careers that you could kind of study and get used to was to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if I wanted to be a nurse before they did that, but once they did that, I decided, okay, maybe I want to see if I if I would like being a nurse, which I thought I would be. For some reason, I, I do recall wanting to work in a hospital. Okay. And so I took that program and, you know, it just wasn't, it, quickly I learned it just wasn't for me, you know. But ironically, years mm -hmm. later, uh, I made that connection because I did work for, I worked for a hospital for many years, really? you know, here in Illinois doing mm -hmm. mental health, not being, not, you know, being a nurse. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So what, what is it that you didn't like about the program, the nursing program in, in school? Uh, you know, it was, I don't know that I could um, handle all of the goriness of it, you know, mm. uh, the blood and it just didn't appeal to me, you know, mm-hmm. not like I thought it would. It's, it's a helping profession. I think I've always known that I wanted to help, mm-hmm. right? But I just had to kind of find that piece that fit me, you know, that helping profession that best fit who I am. Right. And so, and I was in search, in search of it for many years until I found this. Okay. And so did you get into therapy um, while you were attending school at Atlanta? No, actually, no. I graduated at, from Morris Brown. Woo-hoo. And uh, <laughs> we're back. <laughs> and <Yes>. so, <laughs> I graduated from Morris Brown. Um, I really didn't get into this until after I left Georgia, really, because I moved here over 30 years ago. So I've been here. I've lived here, which is hard to believe, longer than I did in Georgia. And I thought that would never happen, right? But anyway, so I came here and um, I I, I started grad school for a little bit when I came just really trying to find my way. <laughs> and um, man, it just seemed like so many steps in this whole process. But I eventually, you know, did some part-time work, did some temporary work, um, ended up working at a bank, which I worked at First Atlanta Bank for many years in Atlanta when it was there. I left First Atlanta Bank and then went to a law firm. And so when I came up here, I I ended up working in those same professions, you know, I guess because I had the experience doing it mm-hmm. and uh, eventually ended up working at the public television station. Oh, wow. And I really loved that. You know, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. It was so much fun, you know, to see the production of the uh, programs, you know, that the, uh, you know, that we produced. It was a, it was an exciting position. Yeah. And so I did that. But while I was there, was also the time that I got married and had children. And so, um, and my my role there was to solicit, you know, donations from corporations to support the TV station. Okay. And um, so eventually, you know, like I said, I had my second child and decided at that point that I wasn't going to go back, you know, into the workforce for a while. So I took about maybe five or six years off. But in, in that in that span of time, I started to think about, well, what is it that I want to do? I know I want to go back to work, mm-hmm. but what is it that I want to do? And, and somehow I got the idea of becoming a therapist. Mm-hmm. And so I researched it, looked into it, applied to programs, got accepted in one that was near me. And so I got my master's in professional counseling. And I and became a therapist. And it, I, one of the best decisions I think that I've made. And so now I've been a therapist for over 20 years or so. So it was sort of like a second profession, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. which is not unusual in this field for uh, people to start out doing something else and end up uh, being, a, you know, going to school to get a master's to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you for, uh, thank you for, you know, really uh being honest about your journey to therapy you know becoming a therapist you're like i I really didn't know you just kind of just you know trying to figure out what was what what best fits you and you know and um 
so it's, it's okay, you know, for some who may be watching, you know, as adults or whatever age that you don't, you're not going to always know uh, what you want to do or, or have a plan or. No, you don't really, you know, and I, I kind of envy people who, who know early on that they want to be this or they want to be that, you know, or they have some kind of talent <laughs> that they mm-hmm. are really good at, like people who sing. I, I wish I had that kind of voice, right? So mm-hmm. it would be a no brainer for me as to what kind of career I would have. But some people just know, they just know. And I, you know, and, and there are most of us, that don't know. I would imagine like if you go back and maybe interview people that have gotten their bachelor's degree and asked if they are working in the field that they got their degree in, I would I would guess that most people would say no. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're young, you 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 know, you know the next step is to finish school, go to college, get your degree. That's what we're trained to do. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, go to work. And right. but so we change and evolve over the years. That means our interests will also change and evolve over the years. And, and, and we get to a point to where we're a little bit more sure at some point as to what we enjoy, what we don't enjoy. You know, in the meantime, it's like, just try whatever you think. You know, I used to do, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. You know, that's, just, uh, that's also I think one of the beauties of this position of this uh, field that I'm in is that I can I open my own practice. And so I always want to be an entrepreneur. So you would find me <laughs> doing a lot of those, um, you know, those businesses, I guess they would call them like those um MLMs or whatever they call them now, pyramids. The yeah, pyramid well, things. Yeah, yeah, they don't call them that anymore. It was, it was a network network marketing now. Yeah, something like yeah. that. But I it would, used to be. I, yeah, I would do that stuff, you know, because yeah. I wanted I wanted to do something big, and I wanted to the freedom of being my own boss. I wanted that forever, right? And so, mm-hmm. so I would try those things, get very excited about them, and eventually that would fizzle out. I did, though, um, work. I became like a consultant with this company based in Atlanta years ago mm-hmm. called Ethnic Expressions. And uh, we used to sell black art. And so I would do uh, go house to house selling black art. And I was the only person here in the Chicago area working with that company. Oh, did wow. very well. You know, it was very successful. Uh, it was a black owned company, uh, just a great, great, um, you know, situation to be connected to, you know, because we were uh, talking positivity, showing positive images, you know, uh, they would make opportunities for people like me at that time. It was when I wasn't, I didn't have a full time job. And so I was still home with the kids, but also able to do my art. So mm-hmm. I would try things like that, and um, but nothing really stuck. I sold toys. I sold that. I sold legal. Th- I just did a whole lot of stuff. Wow. Um, and so eventually, though, like I did this and got into the field and then learned, oh, you mean I can open, <laughs> I can put out my own shingles with this? Right. And so that's what I did. Right. That's awesome because you 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 can, you can say you, before you leave this earth, that you 
tried almost any and everything. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't leave nothing here, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a running joke a lot of times with you know with my friends and family. It's like, what is she doing now? You know, what is she trying? You know, and, and at some point in time, it was sometimes a bit embarrassing, but I was seeking, right? I was looking, I was trying to find that sweet spot for myself. And in order to do that, you know, in my, in the way I see it, you have to try things. You do. You have I to try do. things. A hundred percent. I mm -hmm. do. That's, in that sweet spot, it, it takes a minute. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, all of us are not, we're all, not all blessed to know, come here knowing sometimes exactly what it is that we want to do and to be able to do that and, and feel satisfied with it. So, yeah. So yeah, it's a journey. It's a journey, I think for all of us. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So when you, um, when you finally you, you got, got your, um, I guess degree in, is it a degree in therapy or mm -hmm. their professional counseling, professional mm -hmm. counseling. Thank mm -hmm. you. What was your first uh, job that you had once you got that, your degree? Well, once you get your degree, right, like you get your degree mm -hmm. and then you have to work under supervision for two years. And so, okay. you know, and so it's an internship. And uh, so I worked at a local community mental health center. I went there and did my internship there. And then I, you know, after I finished my internship, they asked me to stay on. And it was at a hospital. It was the outpatient community mental health center. Um, and so uh, I was working with the severely mentally ill population. Uh, and so we're talking about people with diagnoses of like um, schizophrenia, you know, schizoaffective disorders, major depression, uh, a lot of social ills, because uh, we worked a lot with people who uh, lived in, in the uh, inner city. And uh, so it was, um, it was the best, the best opportunity for me, you know, to be able to learn, get my feet wet, understand what, what I'm doing, mm -hmm. uh, the best training that I could get at that time. It was a great opportunity. And so I stayed on there for a long time and eventually became the director of the program before I left. Oh. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. Awesome. So had yeah. you, had you, um, like, have you, had you ever had any issues with mental health personally or? Anyone? I mean, not me personally, but you know, and, and not really, you know, in, in like in families growing up. Yeah. I don't know that I even recall hearing the term mental illness, you know, mm -hmm. Uh, if you think about the terms that we we most likely would hear would be crazy, mm -hmm. breakdown, nervous breakdown, you know, mm -hmm. losing their minds or whatever, you know. But, you know, in hindsight, I can look back in my early years and recognize now with the knowledge I have that there were some people, you know, in my family that was dealing with some serious issues, you know, substance abuse. Uh, mm -hmm. that we're dealing mm -hmm. with some serious issues. Yeah. Um, and I think that's in most families. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Definitely that substance abuse, some kind of abuse, yeah. <laughs> All of the, you know, those yeah. secrets, those secrets yeah. are, um, 
uh, families hold that that is so true so yeah yeah just a lot of stuff go on in families yeah and you know being a therapist uh, a lot of times you get exposed to that and you get to hear the pain that people come with and um the despair uh, of trying to really make something of their lives once they have been mistreated or have been abused or so many things that can happen to you within your family because they're they're the people closest to you and then you have the secrets <laughs> you know and it's like you don't talk about our dirty laundry or you don't share anything with anybody about what's happening you know in our in our family and people right. hold that that close to them they stay loyal to that stay loyal to that right? yeah and start to internalize and and think that they themselves are you know that they they're damaged yes versus um you know them being violated yes uh, by somebody who knew better right mm -hmm. that uh what happens in this house stays in this house mm -hmm. that I heard somebody else say that I've heard a few people and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. That is the worst thing that we could have ever, you know, you know, that, 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 that phrase here and over and over like, that's the worst thing that we could have been told, you know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. those that I've heard that have repeated it have gone through something. Oh, and absolutely. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I so do. Like, Oh my gosh. So I do. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. So what, um, so you worked, you became a director for the company after so many years. And then is that when you decided that you were going to open yes. up? Writers? <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of, uh, you know, what, what happens is, well, what happened with me okay. is that, um, you know, once I got all that experience, um, I learned a lot. They saw the potential in me. And so then that's when they wanted to pull me in another direction, right? Like into management and directing and so forth. Okay. And so when you do that, you're, you're pulled away from seeing, having direct contact with your clients, with clients, because okay. you're managing now staff. And you're going to all these meetings that mean nothing a lot of times. <laughs> but um, so I, I I had stopped seeing clients after a while and I missed that. So what I did is I just started on a part-time basis. I opened my company just so I would have the opportunity to continue to see clients. And so, um, but now when I did that, the, the type of client, shifted right i'm not seeing the severely mentally ill population anymore mm -hmm. you know i'm seeing people and usually and and the people that i would see and that we service there were like people who were you know like on medicaid or uh we served that population there but so but then when i got my practice you know i was able to see people who had their own private insurance through their employer and so the issues changed and the population changed a little bit, but I was able to kind of, you know, satisfy that need of mine to uh, continue to see people. And so maybe a couple of evenings a week after work, I would go to the office and, and see my clients. And I did that for uh, a few years. I can't remember how long before 
I decided, you know what, it's ready. I'm tired. It's it's ready. I'm ready and it's time for me to kind of move on now. And that's that's the path that a lot of us take in this field. We do we work um early in our careers at agencies like the one I did. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get burned out, you know, the the situations and things that you're dealing with can be very heavy. <laughs> and uh and so and you want something a little bit different. And so that's when I said, okay. I did my my business part time and then I said, OK, now I'm ready to go full time. And so went full time. Um, it was the scariest thing I think I had ever done. Mm -hmm. um, because now, you know, I wasn't working just because I wanted to work. You know, I'm working because, you know, in my family, my husband and I like we needed my income. And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, like, is this thing going to work? You know, my biggest fear was, you know, who would I get clients to come see me during the day? Because if you remember what I said, I would see clients in the evening mm -hmm. and it might in the way I think I was thinking that most people are working during the day. So who, how am I going to build a caseload to sustain me financially? That was the limited thinking I had at the point at that time. Yeah. But uh, it you know, you soon learn that once you take that leap, like you got to take that leap because I, I feel for sure I was being led in that direction. Mm -hmm. And when I hear those urges and get those urges and, and that message, you know, to move, then I feel like I have to move. And so, uh, you know, long story short, it worked out. I mean, I had clients throughout the day, throughout the week. I could have had clients any time of the day I wanted. People live live and have all kinds of situations that makes that make it possible for, for them yeah. to see me do. So that was a fear. It was a fear that that was unrealized. And I think a lot of our fears are like that, right? You have this fear because we're only sometimes we're we're only thinking in this little box that we live in. And so uh, if you don't expand and take that risk and allow yourself to get out there and be challenged by some of the things that you're afraid of, you never get to refute those and, and show for yourself that, you know what, that's not true because mm -hmm. it certainly did not turn out. And so I was I had no intentions of bringing other therapists on because I was like, Look, you, I'm coming from that situation, managing people. I'm tired of managing people. I just want to be responsible for me. And I did that, too, for a little while. So I kind of it was good. I mean, I was things things were rolling along. <laughs> so it was really good. And um, then I got that urge again that, you know, I think I want to grow. And that's when I started bringing other clinicians on board. Wow. Wow, you follow that intuition. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I live by it. I honestly do. I, mm -hmm. I do. I listen. I you know, when you get that voice, you have to know what your voice is and what it sounds like to you. Mm -hmm. And for me, sometimes it's clearer than at other times. But when I decided to leave that job, it was very clear to me, right? Mm -hmm. Even though I was afraid, I was. I was afraid, but I knew for sure <laughs> that um, that that I heard that voice. And so it's like, I got to go. Um, 
And so that's what I did. That's what I did. And I haven't looked back at all, period. Yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. See, it's okay, even as adults, to be afraid of stuff. You yes. Know, doing different yes. things, especially when you're not when you're not really sure mm-hmm. what's gonna happen. Like you said, you had, you know, bills to pay. I had stuff, you know, you and your family, husband, y'all had mm-hmm. things going on. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you took that leap of faith. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I did. It was scary. It was it was yeah, I know it was. Yeah, I know yeah. it was. Wow. That I can remember the very first uh, week, actually, because, you know, my my instructions were to leave that job at that particular time was May 30th, 2014. Right. Mm -hmm. So I got the date and everything down and I followed. I did everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, right before I left, I'm getting all these calls from, you know, people wanted to come see me in my practice for therapy. So it was almost like confirmation to me that, yeah, you're making this right decision. You should do this. Right. And so people are calling. So, you know, you're going to be able to fill your caseload. Um, and so that even gave me a little bit more comfort. So, you know, you think of, so probably around the first week of June, I left the end of May First week of June, you know, I get out, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. And my phone just literally stopped ringing. Like I, I was not getting calls from anybody (laughs) anymore, you know, trying to schedule with me. Right. Oh my God. You're talking about, I was like, okay, so what am I going to do? And so, Mm -hmm. um, my spiritual advisor, you know, that I would consult with, you know, I was telling her about my anxiety, how I was feeling, how things were going. And uh, what she told me, because uh, I'm trying to figure out what I need to do. And so what she said to me is, right now, you don't need to do anything. Right? Mm. You, you don't need to do anything. It's, you just wait for your next instructions. And so that was, that helped me a lot. It helped me a lot because it shifted my way of thinking. And so now I'm thinking, okay, well, since I have this time, I should use this time to do things that I need to do for my business, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's when it started rolling. You know, I hired, I I did a lot of stuff. There, There were so many resources out there that I could tap into that I tapped into that made it possible for me to to really, really get it going. So mm-hmm. then I learned to appreciate that time I had. Yes. Uh, yeah. So yes. It's, it's, it's all about perspective, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, it's how you see things, not so much how they are. Mm-hmm. It's how you see them mm-hmm. will determine how you how you react and how you function around it. Mm-hmm. So once I shifted my perspective, I was calmer. I had better clarity of thought. I was able to receive and see resources that were already around me, but I couldn't see them because I was so tied up in my head about trying, thinking I'm going to fail. Like, how am I going to get this done? And it never happened. It never happened, Mm -hmm. even to this day. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's beautiful. I had a quote came in my mind. It's uh. Mr. Les Brown, he says, uh, faith, we said faith not tested can't be trusted. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. That's excellent. So when I tell him your story, that's what I'm thinking. 
Yes, yes. It's, it's like you've got to test it. Yeah. That's how you know that you know that you know. And how That's God, how you know, you know, you know. How God, the universe, whatever you call them, how they know. Okay, we can trust you. Because yes. you can trying to say it, but how do we know? You can say, I, right. have faith, I have faith, but then when it comes down to it, do you really? Do you really? Do right. you really? Yeah, you can't always play it safe. Right, no. No. Yeah, you're not no. going to grow. No, comfort zone will strangle you out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am, it will. Absolutely. So, yes, I love that. So I wanted to ask you a question. Um, like as of right now, um are your clients, are you noticing more um young people needing to get help or uh women or other are, are you getting men? Can you share yeah. some? All of that, right? You know, um, now, uh, contrary to what I was saying earlier about phones not ringing, now my phone's ringing off the hook, right? And a lot of that has to do with a lot of the work that we've put in. But we're seeing, we're getting calls from young people, from parents calling for their, their children because they are feeling anxious and um, about... I think a lot of it is stemming from the pandemic, you know, when people were shut down and, and having now to kind of re-enter the world and feeling a lot of anxiety around that, a lot of uncertainty as to how what will happen. So, you know, a lot of that happening with kids, I certainly am getting calls from men, right? Um, and we love working with men. Mm -hmm. The majority of the people that we see are women because it's women who are calling, but we love working with men, um, you know, when they do call and they are calling. That's so, awful. and I think and hope that what we're seeing, because, you know, we, we service and work more with, you know, people of color. So my, my dream is to have a clinical practice that consists of, of the rainbow of people, um, of clinicians and clinicians to serve those people. Because mm -hmm. when people call, they, they are very specific about the type of clinician that they want. Mm -hmm. um, and we, I want to be able to, as, as much as I can, provide that. But yeah, women, we have a lot of women clients, we have male clients, and we have um, uh, adolescents. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, and I, that's good. I was going to say that's good, you know, that uh, melanated people are really getting into therapy. Because um, I know it kind of used to be like, now nah, we don't, and that's another place, we, we're definitely not going to know therapists telling our business. So, no, uh, no. That, that's good that, um, that, that we are, we're, we're showing up for ourselves, you know, and, and realizing that it's important. Yeah, yeah, because I would say 90, 98% of the people we see are people of color, right? Yes. And it's been like that ever since I've been out here. And we are still, meaning the clinicians of color, we are still in the minority, you know, when it comes to the number of therapists out here, the number of Black therapists that are. Okay. So um, when people do come, they, they voice their appreciation, um, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that we're here. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's very important because people, they want to see somebody that they think that they can relate to Absolutely. because when you're coming here, you know, you're talking about things that are 
you know, that are very painful and you need you you're hoping that the person that you're talking to will have some context around that. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Yeah, because I uh on my um last interview was a, it was a male, a male, uh, a male melanated uh therapist. And I was I was happy. I'm like, that's great mm -hmm. because I don't I don't see a whole you know a whole lot of men right um, you know doing it's always like few far and in between you know mm -hmm. uh so i'm excited i'm definitely glad that men are um coming to the getting uh -huh. as well because i'm i'm a, i'm an advocate for men to uh, uh -huh. healing and you know becoming whole or as much as you can because i know it's always it's always something you know it's always right. um when it comes to healing it's it's not a it's definitely a marathon. I do know that it's yeah. not, you know, it's not a race. It's not an overnight thing. Right. So all, you know, but just to take those steps, I'm like, we we need y'all. We need y'all to get, you know, yeah, yeah, um, and so that we can be there for each other, you know. So, um, so I'm glad. Um, yeah, I'm glad that you, that they're that they're showing up for them. They're showing up, and I actually just hired my first. Uh, black male therapist. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so we have a male now amongst all of us. <laughs> yes, that's great. That's great. That's great. So, yes, uh, I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. And yeah. I'm excited for you, Addie, because um, it looks like, I mean, you've been doing this for a while, but it's all, it almost feels like you're really just getting started. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because you you say you just hired a male therapist and you have more growth and more things that you want to do. So this is like only the beginning. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, it don't feel like it. Like, uh -uh. It don't feel like the beginning. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, you know, I am at I am at um, the other end of the scale of the working scale. You know what I mean? You know, I'm not at the beginning of, the, of my career. I am more at the end of my career. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be around for a little while longer, mm -hmm. but I do think about that time when, you know, I, I, I don't know if the word retired is the word, but, mm -hmm. you know, when I am, um, when my responsibilities are less, maybe that's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. We'll yeah. go with that. We'll go with that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. This time was so amazing. I enjoyed this time, Eddie. I knew I would, though. I knew I would. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And I know we could, I could do this for another hour. I really could. <laughs> I, I love the energy and just, you know, your, um, your uniqueness and everything I do. I love Thank that. You. So, I appreciate yeah. that, BJ. I think this is awesome, you know, that you have a platform for people with no pressure, right? Like there is no pressure. You just come on here and you have a conversation. And that's so it. I think that's beautiful that you give people the opportunity to do that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Now, before we get out of here, Ed, is there one um, like nuggets or a piece of advice or a quote or anything that you would like to share with the beautiful audience? <laughs> well, you know, I just say, as I was talking about how I often am moved by my intuition or, you know, the voice I hear that I call God, you know, God leading me, that, um, that, that people trust themselves, you know, um, 
And when you get the urges to to take these leap of faiths and things that you want to do, it's okay to have self-doubt, but don't let it stop you. Because along the way is where you're going to learn and get to know yourself better and get to know circumstances and situations differently uh, that that that's preparing you, you know, for that step and, and future steps that you're going to take in your life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I think it's good for your mental health, you know, because when you allow your, when you don't allow yourself to move and you're stuck in this place, you just don't feel good, right? You, you have a lot of self-doubt, your self-esteem is, is plunged, you get uh, easily irritable, um, you're not happy, you know, you're still looking for something different, better. You know, you're not satisfied and there's something more for you. Mm-hmm. And so as I see it, if you don't allow yourself to explore that, um, it, you, you can't sit comfortably where you are. Mm-hmm. And so in order, uh, I think, to take care of your mental health, you pay attention to those messages that you get. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said, beautifully said. <laughs> Now um, tell us where we can reach you because um, we're going. We're on audio too, so they're not okay. going to hear that screen going on the on the bottom. So well, my website is therapyoakpark.net, so you can reach me there. I'm also on Facebook. Begin within counseling services, um, and Instagram is begin within counseling at begin within counseling. So you can catch us there as well. All right. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So everybody, that was Ms. Addie Anderson. Uh, thank you again for being on my show. Thank Smell you for having videos. me. And everybody, please make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Let's get the word out. Let's get it out so people can know what's going on. We have some amazing people doing some amazing things around here and we don't even know, you know, <laughs> who's doing what. So stop being stingy, you guys. Share the information. Please like, share, and subscribe. Uh, I am on Facebook, BJ Martin. I'm on Instagram, MS underscore BJ Martin. Uh, I'm everywhere. Ms. BJ Martin. I'm on TikTok. It's BJ Martin. So it's no excuse, you guys. Again, like, share, and subscribe. And thank you for taking the time to watch Nails and No Shells. Also, before I go, I would like to say, remember, just like the sun, you are necessary. I love y'all.